What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Before we get started, go ahead, hit that like, subscribe, give us a review. We just hit a thousand listens, which is kind of like a benchmark. I never thought I would see that in the short amount of time. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you all enjoy this content. Um, yeah, this is the hunting outlier. Here we go. Alright guys, welcome on back to the Hunting Outlier. Thanks for tuning in. Today I got a special guest. I've got Wade Shoemaker. Wade, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Doing alright. Another day in California. Yeah, I like it. So, uh, so hey Wade, um, just give us a little intro to yourself. Who are you? What do you do? You know, and uh, we're just going to go right into it after that. Yeah, man. Uh, my name is Wade Shoemaker, like you said. Um, I am a full-time photographer uh husband and dad at the same time usually you know it all it all happens at different times but that's what i do um i run a little bit of social media for some companies in the industry and help with another but and honestly that's the gist of it it's simple i I don't really try to make it super lofty um at the end of the day uh i take pictures and post instagram for money so (laughs) that's what i do man Sign me up. That sounds pretty good. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do not have the camera skills for that. So, <laughs> nah. yeah, man, it just, I just try to make it as simple as possible, man. I, people try to paint pictures of what they do and things like that. And I just like to be plain, you know, it is what it is. And if you're good at it, then the, the cool stuff happens. Hell yeah, dude. So, uh, so what got you into hunting, dude? And then, uh, I mean, did you, uh, yeah, what got you into hunting? Then we'll talk about what got you into photography here in a little bit. Yeah, good. I'm better at one part questions anyway because <laughs> if you right. do two, we we start running around all over the place and it, it just drags. But um, man, hunting. I just raised. I live in Louisiana, so uh, born and raised uh, my entire life, and it's just kind of that's part of life down here for a lot of people. Like you know, my uh, my dad would take me squirrel hunting when I was a kid. And then, um, it, it went from that to, uh, dad and my Pepaw, which Pepaw is what we, grandpa, grandfather, but we, I just call him Pepaw. Um, he would take me squirrel hunting or, uh, we'd go shoot some wood ducks on the Creek and, uh, man, he, he rented a, he, he leased a, a pit blind in an area in North Louisiana one time. And, uh, I got to go duck hunting with him a couple of times. Neither one of us knew how to do it he just rented it or leased it because his pals were doing it and thought it'd be cool for me to go. And I think we added it up and, uh, we, you know, eat every duck that we killed cost him, I don't know, about 800 bucks. <laughs> Cause we, didn't, we, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing and he just wanted it. And he was like, let's do this. And, um, I guess he figured out real quick. He kind of got the gar hole. Um, either that or we just sucked that bad. And both, both were very possible back then. Um, but that, and then it went to deer hunting and then, um, uh, man, you know, that's pretty much how it happened. And then I was like 19 years old, 18 or 19. I can't remember. I think 19 and a buddy of mine, um, pulled up and he's like, Hey man, we're going duck hunting in the morning. You want to go? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And, um, uh, 
I didn't have anything. I had a shotgun that was a uh, my my papa had given let me use, and it was a Winchester two and three quarter inch uh, semi automatic, and had a you know fixed choke or whatever. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, well, all I got's a gun. I, I don't, you know, I've got some hunting clothes, which everybody's got hunting clothes down here. Your only warm clothes are camouflage, so you're good to go. And uh, he's like, well, I got some waders, and I've got some steel. Sh- you need some steel shot, so I went and got steel shot, and uh showed up to his house that night got some some waders and they were they were these plastic pvc waders that you put boots on over um and i don't mean like like the thick you know night or not not nice but like these were terrible i'll just like be honest with you <laughs> and he was like yeah man you can wear these and i was hey i was stoked to do it I was like, yeah let's do it anyway i put them on and I, and I found some old uh hunting like lace-up boots that i had at the house and they were about a half size too small but i was like i'll just crunch them in and we went dude and and i didn't realize that with socks and those waders those boots turn into like a size and a half too small and or a size too small so that hurt got out there hunting and i realized real quick that those waders also had a hole in them to begin with and it was cold um Man, we ended up shooting one duck, and it was a green wing teal. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I actually shot it. Looking back, now that I've hunted as much as I have, you know, like if you've got a buddy with you, and it's his first duck, and it's his first hunt ever, and a green wing teal dies when everybody shoots, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, man, you killed that duck." If he thinks he killed it, yeah, bro, you shot that duck. And my buddy's like, "Yeah, you shot it." And I was like, "Heck yeah!" Well, anyway, that's the only duck we killed that morning, and I just. Dude, that was all. That's all it took. Like, I was in, and uh, after my toes finally uncurled from that situation, um, I was re- I was ready to go back again. And he's like, "You want to do it again tomorrow?" I said, "Heck yeah!" And uh, I used the same boots and the same waders, and uh, struggled again. But man, it just that was it. it. It just evolved from you know a dad and son to a grandpa and, and grandson, and then both of those, and then buddies and that duck hunt still the deal. And I've, I've never looked back, man. There's, there's nothing that I haven't found anything that compares to it yet. Hell yeah, dude. That's, that's an awesome little story, man. The leaky yeah. waiters. I think we've all been there a couple times, man. Dude, <laughs> if you haven't, then you haven't hunted enough. Exactly. I'll go ahead and just throw that out there. That's part of it. Yeah. I usually get leaky waiters at least once or twice a year. So <laughs> I hate them, man. I, I'll, I'll wear them if it's my only option, but I'd say that's probably one of the things that I'm like, if my laters, my laters, if my waders are leaking, I'm, I'm borrowing someone's or I'm buying another pair. Like I, I'll deal with it for as long as I have to, you know, but like, man, for me, it's like, if I, I, I just, I need dry feet, but I've had a lot of wet crotches and feet in my day. And now that I'm older, I just, I try to avoid it. I try to keep an extra pair, you know? Yep, dude. Uh, same same deal. I always keep an extra pair with me. But uh, dude, I've been there where it's like you split your boot, split your waders right down. It's always like right down the crotch or right where the boot meets <laughs> meets it. You know. Yep. And every time, dude. It's like, oh shit, where's the closest sportsman's warehouse? <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I know exactly what you mean. So um, so yeah, dude. Uh, you do some pretty damn good photography. Um, what got you, what kind of piqued your interest into f- photography? Oh, uh, man, I really, I, I, I think I, I attribute it to my cousin-in-law, like my, my first cousins, he's my first cousin, but his wife, um, she's a professional photographer. She now actually teaches like photojournalism 
at a school around here, but she's a little bit older than I am, like, you know, three, four years older than I am, something like that. And she did, she was a photographer, man. And she was like one of the first ones around here that I knew that did it. And, you know, now everybody's a photographer in these small towns. And, um, she just did it differently. Like she had a really, a really good eye for portraits. Um, her editing was just this clean classic edit, you know, like that, that'll never go out of style, you know, like not, not like certain, and I, I hate calling them filters, but like, not like a faded film type thing or like super Photoshop, like post-production was let's clean this up and make it look like it's supposed to look like. And I just really liked it. And, um, I just thought it was cool how she could do that. Well, then if you kind of fast forward to when I started duck hunting, um, I realized probably pretty quick that I, I enjoyed the pile pick pretty, you know, a lot. And I was like, this is cool. But then it was, I don't know what year it was, but iPhone six was the year whenever iPhone six come out. And, uh, I was like, man, you know what? These cameras are so good on these phones. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, I think I could probably take some cool shots, like different perspectives and, and, and just change it up a little bit. So I did. And, um, man, that's what happened when that, when I started doing that, I, I, I it changed perspectives. And then I ended up getting a GoPro and thought that I was like, had arrived, you know, like I got a GoPro and this is, this is it. Like it gets no better. And it was a GoPro hero Four black, um, that my wife bought me, I think maybe for Christmas. I'm not sure now. Um, but I got it and I was like, this is so cool. Got a 12 megapixel camera. Um, how does it get any better? Well, shortly after I realized that it does get way better. Um, and a buddy of mine named Wes Morrison out of Oklahoma had a camera for sale and he was like, bro, look, I'll send this to you. If you like it, you can pay me for it. If you don't just send it back. All right. So he sent it to me and that was in like early September and we went till like scouting for early till season. And when I got the camera, I took photos while I was out in the boat, we were running around. I was like, this is too cool, man. And anyway, within the first week I was like, Hey man, how much do I owe you? And what's your, you know, what's your PayPal kind of thing. So paid him, loved it, had it from then opening day of duck season that same year. I had it on a tripod while duck hunting with some friends and couldn't find it uh, mid hunt. And I started like, they knew I was crazy about my camera. So I started like, guys, this isn't funny. Like, where'd you hide my camera? You know, like I thought they were messing with me and I realized that they weren't. And I, so I was like, what in the world? So anyway, I'm walking back towards the boat and I feel something, you know, in our little boat or trail to the boat, I feel something on the ground. that's not a stick. And, turns out i had knocked over my tripod and didn't realize it um oh that sucks dude pretty dude dude the i did not know that my heart could sink that far and it did and i picked it up dude and i was like you know i'm a pretty optimistic guy like just by nature like i'm very optimistic in any in most every situation i picked it up and i knew it was an electronic deal and i picked it up and it was just water just coming out of every crack that it had and i was like oh my god so i took it off a tripod and i immediately just took the lens off took the battery out took the sd card out and opened everything i was like please dry out and uh dude i was like i lost my best friend and um 
open, it was opening day and it was the worst opening day I've ever had. Um, as far as like, just not caring what happened. And, um, it, anyway, turns out it fried it, um, called my wife and I was like, babe, like, like I've got to get another one. And that, that moment was when I realized that it was more than just, I like doing it, you know, um, when it hurt, like, I know that may be petty, but like when my feet, when it hurt my feelings so bad that I drowned that camera and I knew I needed another one, um, that's when I realized that I was going to probably do it for a long time, whether it was full time or not, you know, like I was going to have camera for probably as long as I could hold one. Um, and yeah, so it's escalated from, uh, an iPhone six to a drowned camera to now. And, um, pretty, pretty wild chain of events, but thankful that thankful that I drowned that camera, to be honest, Jeff, because if I wouldn't have, I may not have ever upgraded and realized that it got better. You know? Yeah. What'd, what'd your wife say? Well, she was like, no, man, you drop this thing in the water. <laughs> like, no more. You're done. No, she, she, she's, she's pretty solid, man. Like, she, she knew, but she, she told me that she knew by the tone of my voice that it was more than just like, I wanted another camera, you know? Um, and I, I'm usually pretty good about like taking care of my stuff like that, you know? Like, like I'm rough on stuff just because, just because of what I do. Um, my, like I, I tell people all the time, like if it can't handle it, I don't want it. Right. But aside from those few events, like I take care of it in between. And she knew that like, if it bothered me that bad, like I was, I would, bro, I was visibly upset when I got home that day. And for like a week after that, like she told me that when I came home, she knew that I was in a different like mindset. And I was like, I just, it was bad. It was weird, dude. Like I've, I've never been that way about anything else. Um, so when, when that happened, she was like, yeah, we got to get you another one. And she let me buy a used D 7,000 and, uh, like wildly enough, the lens that went underwater with the, you know, electronic autofocus motor still worked. Hmm. I just dried her out and she had, you know, like water spots on the inside, but dude worked like a charm. And, uh, yeah, but she was good about it and understanding of it and, uh, let it happen. Cause let's be honest, had she said, no, it probably wouldn't have happened. So, yeah, dude, <laughs> so that's that, crazy. it worked out. Do you still got that camera? You put it up on your wall. I have the one that I drowned yeah. on the shelf. Um, I do not have the one that I bought after I, uh, I sold that to a buddy, um, with the lens that uh that went underwater and it worked until he got rid of it hmm. uh so yeah but I've, I've got that nikon d90 sitting on my shelf um and i look at it every now and then it'll catch my, catch me off guard and i see it and i'm like golly that camera is tiny and just like can't believe how cool i thought that thing was when i got it you know yeah how long how long ago was that because i mean cameras it seems like you mentioned the iPhone, dude. Like, there's a new iPhone that comes out almost every six months is what it seems like, you know? And yeah. the cameras kind of seem the same thing, you know, is they're always trying to perfect it, make it a little bit better here and there. How long ago was that? Uh, man, I really, it's, I'll be honest, I hate to sound like an old old dude, but it it's all pretty blurry at this point. Um, I'm going to say that was probably 2015, maybe. Yeah, that's not that long ago, man. You ain't that old. 
No, but like I, I can't remember. It feels like oh, I just dropped that. It doesn't feel like it was very long ago. But then I look at it and I'm like, man, I've you know I'm on camera number one, two, three, four. I'm on camera number four right now. We'll be on number five next week. You know, it's like man, time flies. But uh, I think it was I think it was fifteen. It was fifteen. I think. Have you uh? <laughs> I mean, do you stick to one brand of camera? Because talking to a lot of people, as they say, kind of like one camera, pretty much like as soon as you start shooting like a Canon, you get used to the way the Canon works, and then you just stick with that. Yep. Yeah, that's how I am, man. I'm not like a brand snob. You know, like I'm very, very aware that like the Canon R5 is probably one of the best cameras on the market. Like, I'm not going to say it's the best. I'm not versed in Sony at all. But, like, Sony's killing it because you just look at their images and then R, the Canon R5 or R6 or whatever, they're winning. But, man, I I just, my, my fingers, my hands, it's like muscle memory at this point with an icon. You know, I like how they feel. I know what I know where everything's at. And uh, I just like the way Nikon photos turn out, you know. Um, it, I just do. Um, I'm not saying it's better than the other ones. It's just a preference for me. And when you start buying you know, the higher end, like cameras, it's preference. There, there's, it, there's file size and there's preference. Like it's what you want out of that deal. I mean, it's like Ford versus Chevy at that point. Um, both are going to be good. Both are going to have different features and every single one of them more than likely will fail you at some point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, I, I stick with Nikon just cause I like it, dude. And there's, there's really, it's really not a, it's better than the other kind of thing. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I could definitely see sticking with one brand, especially if you get a couple different lenses is that, mm -hmm. you know, that, that could be a key component to everything too. Yeah, it is. It is, especially with the cost of glass, man. Like it's, if you buy, if you start buying like the faster lenses, like the lower apertures, like, like when you go 2.8 and 1.4, that stuff starts getting expensive. Um, and you don't want to have to replace it with another brand. It you just don't. I mean, I want to say the new Nikon. We'll just say the seventy to two hundred two point eight for the mirrorless camera is like twenty seven, twenty eight hundred dollars for the lens. Like that's more than my camera cost. You know. Jeez. So yeah. So it's like why? Why would I could go buy a brand new camera, keep all of my lenses for cheaper than buying that one lens? You know. Um, so yeah, it, the glass has a lot to do with it because you've, you've got, you're so invested in that, man. You don't, you don't want to have to redo that. That sucks for anybody. Yeah, man. What's your, what's your current setup right now when you take, what you take to the field? Uh, I'll just, I can run you through like, like dry Creek is the, the outfitter that I was with or I had been for three years. And, uh, when I go out in the field with him, uh, last year was a Nikon Z6, with a 35, a 70 to 200, and uh, I had a wide angle as well. And that's all I would take to the field. Um, mainly because I'm a less is more guy when I go out in places like that. And if I, if I carry more, I try to figure out how to use more. And I don't want to have to be thinking that much when I'm out there. I just want to be able to run and photograph whatever's moving. Um, so I bring just very few. And the wide angle dude probably don't use that even during the hunt. It, it's pretty much 35 and 70 to 200 for, for the hunts. Cause you can get 
whatever you need to out of both of those. Okay. Yeah. And next year I will add another body and a 85 millimeter, uh, prime. So you're going to be taking out two cameras then in the field or are yeah. you just going to kind of go back and forth and see? No, I'll, like I'll, have, I'll have to. And, and honestly, that's been the goal since I started. Um, it's just one of those things like I, I can't justify, uh, I could justify it, I guess. I just try not to, you know, when you're talking about spending another, you know, three grand or four grand on stuff, you just kind of, you kind of, oh, I can wait <laughs> when it comes time to hit that, you know, confirm purchase button. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like that's the goal. I want to be able to have like a, uh, a prime on one, like an 85 or a 35. And I want to be able to have that 70 to 200 on one at all times. Uh, that's my workhorse, man. And, um, people, not everybody will agree, but, um, I, I feel like that 70 to 200 is like, that's to me, that's the most versatile lens in a field. Cause you can get, if the birds are doing it right, you can get these, you can get some solid bird photos. And as far as the people, man, I mean, like action shots, you're not going to miss one with that 70 to 200. Not, not while people are out and about grabbing, you know, decoy decoys or bird retrieval or something, whatever's going on outside the blinds, that 70 to 200 can get it. So that, that's, that's the biggest reason I, I keep that on as much as possible. Yeah. And you said you didn't like the wide angle lens. Why is that just kind of like, no, I don't, I don't dislike it, man. Uh, I just, it's, a, I think wide angle and I could be wrong. Uh, I, I say wrong. I, I, this is what, how I feel. It's a very specific, um, lens. Um, if something's going on in the field, like if it's a wide angle, you're not, you're not going to, you got to be on it to get it. You know, um, it's really good for perspective. If you're laying in the decoys or you want to, you want to see everything, but I've, I've gotten to where I, I used to love wide angle and that's all I wanted to shoot. But then I realized how much I was missing. And, um, now I use that wide angle, honestly, just for like at the end, when the clients are getting a, a photo, if it's like a really wide, like a long line of birds or a lot of hunters, I'll get that wide angle so I can get closer to them and get the whole deal. Whereas if I was using like my 35, I would have to get far enough back to fit them in the frame and it would look like they're so far away that you don't even like the picture doesn't even look good. Right. So I've gotten to where I use that. So I don't, I don't dislike the wide angle. I do like it, man. And when I use it, like I dig it, dude. like after like post hunt type stuff, when you're trying to get like, like interaction between client and guide or whatever, you know, like you just get up in the, in amongst them and put it right up in their face and you get all of the interaction. Um, I just, during the hunt, it's, I, I just don't see, I, I, I can't, it doesn't do me any good. The value is not there for me for, for a wide angle during the hunt. Yeah, it sounds like it has its purpose, but it's kind of like, it does. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it sounds a little limited to what you're trying to get after. Right, right. That's like, that's like carrying, like carrying like a 400 millimeter lens, you know, in a blind, you know, you can literally only photograph stuff that's pretty good ways out there. You know, like you're not photographing anything in the blind on the A-frames or in an A-frame, not, not usually. And then when they get out in front of you, if you photograph them right on top of you, like they're right on top of you, you know, like or hardly anything else is going to be in the frame. So it's, it's like, like 400 millimeter, you bring that to a field, 
you're photographing out in the decoys or birds. And that's pretty much it. Hmm. 7 to 200, you can photograph everything in between and some birds and in the decoys. And with a 35, you can get everything up close and then get some really cool, uh, like if something's in the decoys or something, like a, like really cool, I don't know, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for here. Um, just just a really cool angle, man, for, for that. But if you put the wide angle on it, everything's pushed back. And yeah. it's really hard. It's just, it's different, man. Like you said, it's super specific. That makes, and, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I will, if I ever get rid of that, that wide angle, I will buy like a 20 millimeter prime to just keep. And that way I can put it on if needed. Cool. So uh, you were talking about clients, then you mentioned uh, Dry Creek Outfitters. What's the relationship? I mean, how, how is it kind of like you go out there, you hang out with them, good buddies with them is what it sounds like, and you just take photographs for the for their clients and everything, just kind of kick back and hunt? Oh, uh, man, yeah. I mean, I would say it's kind of that. that's kind of an angle of it. I mean, it started out strictly business, to be honest with you. Um, so I work for – are you familiar with Higdon Decoys? Yep. So I worked for Higdon uh, for a whole season filming their their show. I got a call from uh, a buddy named – his name's Brooke Richard. He's like, hey, man, can you run – you know how to run this camera? And I was like, well, no, but I know, you know, like expo- – I know shutter. I know ISO. I know aperture. Like, I can figure it out. And uh, he's like, well, we need a guy to run a camera for a, hunt, for a season. Uh, just thought you might be up for it. I was like, well, yeah, because I just quit my job at the railroad like two weeks before that. And uh, that I quit it to do full-time photography and stuff. So anyway, fast forward, filmed the whole season with them. And then the very last hunt was um, at Dry Creek in Texas. And I went over there, filmed it, had a good time, really messed with the guys that were there, man. And um, when we weren't filming, I had my, my personal camera out just photographing like you know for fun i was like ah this is fun so i got done i edited the photos and dude i had no reason to use them you know like could have used some but i was like you know what i'm just gonna send these to the outfitter to russ is, is the owner's name i was like i'm gonna send these to russ and maybe he can use them i mean i don't have a use for them so i sent them to him and i was like look thanks for having me hope you you know use these however you want to use them well then like a month later he called me and was like hey uh, you think you'd want to photograph some turkey hunts for me? You know, I was like, well, yeah, uh, kind of what I need right now. I'm jobless. And, um, uh, so I did that and, uh, he was like, if it works out, I'll get you to do some waterfowl, you know, like for the season at, at this point, you know, fresh, freshly unemployed because I quit my job. I'm, I'm hearing like, you know, thank God. Cause I need this. And, uh, did it he we dude and when before the turkey hunt was over i edited some photos and he's like yeah he's like i want you here for 30 we can do 30 days or something of waterfowl i want you here for that so anyway scheduled it worked it turned out really good man and uh he just i'm i'm the photographer for the outfitter and i photograph hunts and now i run his social media too and the i do the photographs for him and that's how we run the social media and how he, if he does any kind of, you know, um, advertisements or, you know, anything like that, uh, we use those photos for that. And yeah, it started out just business. Hey, I like your photos. So can you come take some? And now it is that, but it's also a relationship there. And, 
Um, you know, that's the goal. Anybody that I work with or work for, the goal is to have a relationship with them through it. And uh, I would, I would, I would say confidently that Dry Creek is probably the epitome of of what I'm trying to do. Like as far as client, uh, client slash uh, photographer relationship, I guess. Yeah, man. Especially because I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, we we go out we get together with a guide service, you know, those memories are great and all, but if you can capture those and put those on, you know, a digital platform or even print them out, like, Oh dude, you have that forever, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. And I mean, and of course there's some, you know, there's some ulterior motives with clients too, you know, like if they love the photo, you know, um, Russ will let them have them as long as they pay a deposit for their next time. So, it's, it, it entices them to rebook too, man. I mean, most, I think he's got like a 90 plus percent like return rate on rebooks. So like he doesn't have an issue rebooking, but like it does two things. One, your, your clients that are every year, your returns, your faithful, you know, whatever, like it gives them something extra, right? They're coming back regardless. But if you let them have the photos from their hunt, that's just a perk for them. And they appreciate it, dude. Like they love it. And, I, and rightfully so I would too, you know? Um, but then with the, the other clients that are kind of on the fence that had a good time or, you know, whatever they want to rebook and they're like, well, I want to rebook. And then they figure out, oh, we get the photos too. And that kind of, it kind of pushes them over the fence to say, yeah, let's rebook and we can have these photos and use them for our own. Um, so yeah, dude, I mean, it's, it works out for, for both parties and, uh, I don't know, man. That's it's cool how how this has unfolded. It's like because I consider Russ and those guys over there like true friends. You know, like the guides over there. I mean, it's just it's a different relationship with those guys. I, they're 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 real they're real, the real ones, I guess, for lack of a better term. I I do just about anything for any of them. Hell yeah, dude. That that's awesome. Having those relationships like that's pretty pretty badass. And I, I'm a big fan of the camaraderie of duck hunting. You know, so yes. It's yes. like if you can get together with a good group where you guys can all have a good time, whether or not you're shooting birds, and they're just good, honest people in general, you know, that's yeah. always a plus, dude. Yeah, man. I And so you, you mentioned, like, recycled rhetoric earlier, I think. Yeah. And I know we had – I know it was either when we first started or before the, before the recording started. But, um, man, when I started that, like, it's kind of low-key right now, but it's, it's been a thing for a while. I just don't really push it yet, but – like the, the entire like idea behind that is, and it's, it's in my signature in my emails, but it's relationships over rations. And, and that is exactly what I mean by like the relationship side. Like I'm really just as worried about the relationship between me and the client as I am what that, what, what the, the client's giving back to me. Like the money's great, but if I can't mesh with the client, then the money's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, I, I just, it's just not worth it. If, if Russ and that group of guys wasn't or weren't who they are and how they are, you know, I might not have made it past two years, but we're three going on four and talking about five, six and seven already, you know? So it's like, that's, that's what I'm after. I'm after long-term. I play the long game in everything I do. And and that is exactly where I'm at with him. And it just works, man. It, it is what, you know, it's exactly what you want. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So yeah. What is recycle rhetoric? 
Let's get let's get into that a little bit. How'd that all come together? I don't have an answer for that. Um, <laughs> I just I don't, man. It was just I knew I needed to start something, and I was under the impression that I needed a business name for a business, you know. And it hit me to, to do recycled rhetoric, and um, the reason is so like rhetoric by definition is a persuasive speech, right? Um, it's, that's the simplest form of rhetoric is a persuasive speech. Um, and if you add recycled to the front of it, it sounds different, but the purpose of that is, is I wanted to take what they were using as their persuasive speech, as their marketing, as their social media or their ads or whatever it is. I wanted to take it and not change it entirely, but like, just kind of recycle it, right? Like use exactly what they have, but make it better. So I wanted to take what they had, recycle it into something new or different, but still use what they're using and make it better. So that's kind of how that name come about. It's, you know, it's a little bit deeper or a little bit, a little bit more involved than what it should be probably for a name, but it really, it really resonates with me and, and it works. And that's my, the whole brain behind that is, I was like, all these people doing this, I can take what they have and not shoo away what, you know, what the, the initial intent for that, that company or that brand or that logo was and say, you know, let's take what you have and just make it better. You know, you've already got something good. Let's just make it better and make people want it and, and roll that direction. So that's how recycled rhetoric was born. And, um, it, it's, it's kind of been put on the back burner because I've realized that, uh, and like, like my, my username, like my name, as far as like, say Instagram or, or any other platform has way more weight than recycled rhetoric does. So I'm waiting for a point or a tipping point to get to where, whether I've got a good enough portfolio or a client base to say, okay, let's lean on recycled rhetoric more than my name, you know? Yeah. Um, I, but right now it's not there and I've got it. I'm waiting on it. And, uh, there'll be a day where I'll start pushing it a little bit more and maybe that's soon. But right now I'm just leaning heavily on the, the wage shoemaker thing. Like I, so I have a website that I really didn't tell anybody about. I, this is the first thing I've publicly talked about my website on. And it's, you know, like I don't say it a lot cause it's weird. Like go to wageshoemaker.com. Like I feel really cheesy and sleazy saying that. Hey, you know? man, I did go to that. I checked it out. Did man. you really? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny, dude. I was like, I was like, like, I was like, what's going on? And then I, but the it's it's true, man. Like, when you read the backstory you have on there, it really makes a lot of sense, you know? So, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate on it at all, dude. You're doing what you want to do. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I totally get it. You got more weight with your name right now than you do Recycled Rhetoric and trying to build something like Recycled Rhetoric. You know, yeah. and the way you want to steer it sounds like obviously you've got to put a lot of time and effort into it. So it's going to come over a long span and not just like, bam, overnight. There you go. Yeah. No, and you're right. I just, it's just that for me, it's like, the, I just feel really weird, like saying wage shoemaker out loud, you know, because it's my name. Like I just referring to myself or something in third person. I'm like, man, I'm not that guy. And I don't want to come off as that guy. But like, that's just, it's the fact of the matter is I've branded it's branded, you know, and, uh, and, and until, until I have enough weight behind my name, um, I'm going to just let recycled rhetoric hang out where it's at and then we'll roll with it, you know? Yeah. Now is that, um, 
when you mentioned trying to help people build or I guess uh, I, I guess I would say fine tune what they already have. Yeah. Is that um, typically through imagery or is that through like, how do you go about that? Really? What's your plan? Well, it started that? out. It started out like just like like conversation, like consulting type thing with like a couple people. And then it turned into like, okay, I could actually add some lifestyle branding to these people. Cause you know, like they're around, around where I'm at, I, I, I actually started out as a local thing. I wanted to help local companies do better. Right. And, and then I realized real quick that like local companies don't pay or around here, like getting a local company to pay me what I would charge somebody is really hard to do. Um, not that I'm expensive, but it's just like the value for like, they don't see the return on their investment there, not around here, just for the kind of businesses that are here. So like it turned into like, you know, I'm going to have to go outside of my state lines to do that. And I like it better that way. Um, I, I just do. But, but yeah, so it started out as I want to just consult these people and help them because I understand it on a bigger scale than they do, but not that I understand on a big scale. Like my, my understanding is very shallow compared to even some of my good friends, but I have access to information and knowledge and talent and a network that can take people like that to the next level. Right. So I wanted to use that and now it's evolved into like, I want to add lifestyle imagery, like branding. I want to help them get their name out, whether that's like through social media, whether that's through, Hey, we need to help you get a new website. Um, or we need to help you with this logo. Um, you know, anything and everything that says, okay, like this isn't going to work, but we can take what you have and make it work. So that, I guess, that's a really rough explanation, but, but that's what it's evolved into. And well, and I keep going back to dry Creek cause they're, I mean, it's a three year going on four year client, like man. And, and I've had conversations with him. Like you can see the difference. It, it's, it's a, it's not like a overnight thing, you know, like it takes time. And in the last three years, we've had this conversation. You can see a difference in, in the engagement in the, just everything like the, you go to his page, everything looks better. It looks different. It looks fresh. And, um, and even just the way people look at dry Creek now, like it's just, and it was his idea. And, you know, don't, don't, I'm not saying I did this, like I did it through what I do, but it was his idea to make this happen. And it just so happened that I was in the right place at the right time. And we've done it. We've, we've made it look more professional and, and, you know, like, there's some things going on right now behind the scenes. I can't really say out loud, but like that's going to make it even better. Uh, but that that's, that's what we're doing. Man. I'm just at the end of the day, like I said, I try to break, make everything as simple as possible, but like, I'm just, I'm just trying to take what you have or what they have and just make it, make it more appealing, more persuasive, make it better and, and draw attention to the brand or to the company or to the product or whatever it is. Right on. You want a job? <laughs> <laughs> hey, right? Yeah. Let's go. Shit, um, man. You know, and there's there's a couple other people that I'm working with um, that I that I you know I don't have the say so in that. Um, one of them is pretty corporate, and they're incredible, dude. Uh, and you know they're they've been extremely accommodating for me, and uh, 
I'm just excited to see where everything goes with them. I'm a year in with them and we're rolling with that. And then, um, there's a boat company called pro drive out of South Louisiana that I help with. And, you know, we're, there's some cool stuff they've got coming out. That's been rumored for a while, but, um, it's, it's going to release, uh, soon. And, and man, it's, it's going to blow the doors off everything that's going on in that world. But, um, you know, I, I'm excited about that because I know that I get to play a part in it. Um, you know, I get to help with the imagery. I get to help with how that brand's portrayed and, and roll with that. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm just – that's – I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. I know I would. But, um, you know, with, with Dry Creek, with Sound Gear, which is a hearing hearing protection company out of Minnesota, they're incredible. Um, and, and with ProDrive, like, it's really cool to see the tide turn, you know to see that ship turn a little bit at a, you know, a little bit at a time. Cause you can't, you know, like Titanic hit an iceberg, not because they didn't see it, but because the ship couldn't turn quick enough. Right. Yeah. And you know, like that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, you know, turn those ships, not around, but in the right direction. Yeah. Cause you, they're headed the right direction. You get to sit there and help mold it and kind of direct it. That's pretty cool, dude. You know, you get to see yeah. it evolve. And that's, that's what I love seeing, man. Like I, and I don't, I don't mean to get off another tangent, but like, there's a lot of young talent out there right now. And I hate, like, it feels weird me saying it because I'm, I'm 35. So it's like me saying young talent. I'm like, golly, I am old, you God, know? No, you're so, not. <laughs> my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like these, these dudes are all like under 25, you know? So it's like, oh, I remember that a decade and a half ago. And it's like all this talent's out there and they're doing cool things, man. Like you've got, um, You've got like a guy, some guys out of Texas with like loaded timber. They're fairly new. Um, that's Zane Howard uh, and those boys out that's there. That's Zane. Yeah, that's yeah, Zane. I was like, talking to Zane the other day on Instagram. Dude, Zane, if you're listening to this, yes, you're coming Zane. on. Yeah, Zane's Zane Zane's a killer, man. I hunted with him at Dry Creek, my very first hunt ever. That was with Zane and some of his buddies, and we shot. 45 mallards in the snow on a peanut on a pond or surrounded by peanuts. Oh hell yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, it was dope, dude. So we did, so that's how I met him. We just kind of stayed in touch. Like he's doing cool things, right? And and he's he's killing birds and bringing a different perspective. And then, uh, you know, which you know, Zane is is uh, the, I guess the brains behind. I think a, the, a guy named Austin is doing the film. I'm just I'm not trying to take credit away from the camera guy because that's what I do and I know how frustrating that is because he's doing cool stuff too. And then you've got like Raynar and Daryl and um, and Ricky and those guys at 24 seven hunt that like, dude, they're bringing a whole new culture into this. Sport, they're crushing you know? like, birds all dude, year long, man. Well, I mean, let's just take the killing out. They do kill, but like what they're doing for the sport for me, it's for, that, that's why I'm behind it, dude. Like they're literally bringing this to a culture that, that never was interested because they thought like you couldn't be you and it, and you can, you just took somebody like Raynar and Daryl and Ricky and them guys about, hey man, we're who we are, unapologetically who we are, and and we're gonna do what we want to do. And if you don't like like love us or hate us, like that's really what it boils down to. Dude, and it's funny you say that because like I live by this thing that if everybody likes you, you're not being true to yourself. You know, no, dude, no, you're not. You're not, man. And and you're lying to somebody. Yeah. Whether that's a per- whether that's that person or yourself, you know, and. But that, that's how it is, man. And I just, I, I get fired up talking about it. And my, I didn't mean to get loud and my voice changed, but. Oh, whatever, I do man. Get, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just, 
I love what they're doing. Like like Zane and and, and Ranar and Daryl and Ricky and, and everybody involved in that. And Jay Logan, like their camera dude. And then you you know, it's just every, then you've got like this foul house group, foul house co that's kind of just exploded over the last couple months. Yep. And uh I think that's like uh Logan Baldwin and Ty Eubanks and then another um a couple other people and I hate I'm not naming everybody. I don't have, I don't there's a long list of them, but it's like these young dudes that are just hungry, man, and I love it. And and I just I want everybody to win, right? Like Jeff, like I sincerely feel like the, if if you want to do it and you're good enough at it, and you do you, you do you. Like don't don't do you plus a little bit of somebody else because you like what they do. Like glean from them, but always be you and your style and kill kill it the best you can kill it and just keep learning, keep growing and stay hungry. Like you'll be successful in some way, shape or form. Right. And, and these kids, they're not kids. These, these grown young folks are going out and, and well, and Ricky and 24 seven, them boys are a little bit older. Like, but, but like they're killing it because they're, 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 they don't care like what everybody else is doing. They're doing them. Right. Yeah, and, they're, and dude, they're on the gas. They're getting after it as hard as they can. Which I mean, all all those guys you mentioned, like, they're on the gas, and they're, they're yeah, and probably won't slow down. So, good, like, no, right on for those guys. They're on their gas. Like, yeah. they're not on somebody else. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're doing them, and they're making it their own, and that's why they're winning because they're bring, they're bringing something to the table that's fresh and that's new, without without a hint of anybody else on it except for them. Yeah, and I love it, man. I'm I'm here for it, and I'm 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 wanting everybody to win. Sincerely, want everybody to win, and I don't. And I think the thing about it is like there's there's people that do what I do, and I may I don't know if I'm make somebody mad about saying this, and I don't mean to. If I do, and I apologize. No, I don't apologize, but you know it is what it is. Like there's people that do what I do, and that are older than I am, that are very successful, and. And I'm applaud that, and I'm like I've gleaned from them, I've learned from them just from afar, and but one thing I've learned is very, very like quiet about things. Like they, they there's no like no reaching out or no outward like support for people in in my position or you know other people's position that's just getting started out, like on you know prices like because it's the wild west when it comes to these pricing sheets dude like nobody really knows what to charge because nobody's ever really told like told these younger guys or even me when i started like what i should charge the answer that i've always gotten is like man whatever you think it's worth (laughs) but i don't know what it's worth i just started you know i just know i like doing it yeah and uh you know I, i just i feel like the younger crowd that's doing it right and hungry like i feel like we should I don't know, man. Just just be a be an advocate for them and be a be support because if if we're not like they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna survive. To be honest, you know they're gonna they're gonna have to quit doing it or whatever, or they're gonna they're gonna say okay, whatever, and they're gonna come for what you've got, and that's fine. If they're better than I am, take it. That's how I feel. But I don't know, man. I'll get off on it. I'll, I'll I can talk about that for two hours. I just <laughs> really. I really want everybody to win and I really want all, I want these younger guys to have somebody like not me. I, I'm not smart at all. I just want 
people that are successful to be able to help people that are trying to get started, you know, yeah. and, and you, obviously you don't tell them everything. Just, just give them, give them some, you know, whatever they need, like get them started and support them outwardly support them, you know, not just on a text like, Hey man, think, you know, good job. Like throw something up on, on your store, on the gram or whatever, like share something they've got going on, buy the stuff that they're selling their merch, you know, like buy it. Um, I don't know, man. That's just where I'm at with it. And I don't even know if that has anything to do with where that conversation started. But that's Whatever, where I'm man. at. And we talked about going on <laughs> down so a rabbit sorry. hole. We went down one hell yeah. of a rabbit hole, man. But uh, I am so sorry. I just I got fired up and I just I just started talking and forgot where we started. No worries, dude. I totally agree though. A lot of these a lot of these younger guys that, you know, they're getting after it. I think in general, like I look at the hunting the hunting industry, I guess the hunting world, like whether you're an average Joe or whatnot, like we all need to come together kind of deal. Yep. You know, oh, yeah. And yeah, we, yeah. Need, we need to support each other, whether it's like, Hey, like for my, for me, it's like, okay. Like there's another guy who has a podcast. He has a podcast, like their competition, but it's like, dude, like how can we gel together and work together kind of yeah. deal, you know? So I totally, I totally agree. It's like these guys coming out with apparel companies and whatnot spend the, what is it like 20, $25 for a hat, you know? Go go support those guys because they're trying. Yeah. You know, if you don't like it, you don't gotta buy it. You know. Yeah, you're right. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, if you don't dig what they're doing, don't support them. Like, that's fine. But like, if you do kind of like what they're doing and they do reach out to you and they're just support them, man. I mean, I I don't know. I have I've had several conversations with several people in this context, and it just fires me up, man. And I don't. Probably should move on. <laughs> I, <laughs> on to I the next question. Yeah, <laughs> like, I may say some things that. No, I yeah, get it, I, man. I, I, yeah. Trust me, it, I'll it's say kind, some things that I regret. It's kind of hard. Trust me. I, sometimes I just want to go off the beaten path really hard and like down into a really deep canyon and just like. Sp- yeah. Yeah. So. So, anyways, dude. Like, I mean, how was your season so far? Uh, well, man, I, honestly, dude, I had probably. Uh, I had probably one of the best duck seasons, uh, that I've ever had. I probably had the best season I've ever had. Um, just to be honest, it was, it started out in, um, might take September away because that's teal. I did, I did two hunts in Texas with some pals and then, um, a couple at home. But like, if you take September out, man, I I started in North Dakota in mid-October. And I was up there with a buddy of mine named Kevin Goodrum and photograph. I actually, he hired me to come photograph for a week. He was hunting up there and I was there with him for a week, photographed. And then he dropped me off on the side of the road with my buddy, Eric Mitchell. Uh, and then we, he was hunting some geese in North Dakota and I stayed for an extra week after that work. And and I had three hunts in North Dakota, one in the evening, two, two morning hunts. And the second hunt, which was the first morning hunt had probably the best duck hunt of my life. Like really? hands down. Yeah. Like I've been around hunts where we killed more, but I've just never killed them like this. And it was like, we killed seven, like seven limits, which like, that's great. I'm not like, I'll, if, if you shoot seven limits, you did something that most people that duck hunt will never do in their life these days. But that wasn't the part like the part for me was just how dude like we 
we were shooting mallards at like 15, you know, 12, 15, 20 yards and picking our birds out. You know, like when you shoot seven limits and you're picking your birds out, that's a big deal. Um, and we're in an A-frame and a dry cornfield. We're hunting a 30,000 mallard feed in this cornfield. And, dude, it, we could have shot 100, 200 birds that day had we wanted to. Um, but we shot our limit, got out, and it just – I hunted – from there, I went to Minnesota, hunted with my buddies. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Midwest Flyways, those guys. Yeah, that's, but, um, isn't that Joey? Yeah, so Joey Basalo, yeah. Cal Ness, and then Connor Connor Olstad. Like, those are the three dudes that make that up. They're really good friends of mine now. And we hunted, I didn't get home with Connor because he was just busy. Dude stays busy. But I got to hunt with, with uh, Joey and Cal, and we hunted Minnesota and then went over to Wisconsin and hunted with some pals for a couple of days and shot a goose band in Wisconsin. Um, came back to Minnesota, hunted, hunted one more time, right? But like I hunted that morning and we left and I flew out like after lunch that day. And, uh, dude, like it started there and that was, you know, mid October, all the way to the end of October, got home, got prepped for a uh, youth hunt, took my niece, took my niece on a youth hunt. And then hunted Oklahoma for a week, got my butt kicked there, low water, just we weren't prepared for it. And then came home and hunted and then went to Texas. And that was it, dude. But I mean, it probably one of the best duck seasons of my life. Not, I mean, we, we consistently killed birds in Texas. We just had a banner year in Texas, just to be honest. Um, but it was just, it was good, man. I, I am completely okay with last year. <laughs> yeah hell yeah you said, you said you took your niece out i mean was that her first hunt did she like it uh she's went a couple years with me man jj is my niece she's like nine if you go through like any of my social you will see her at some point um but i've taken her as many times as i can i take her on the youth hunt every year and uh, she loves it she's never killed a bird because she i mean she's not super proficient with a shotgun but uh she's went and we've shot some shells. She's just never killed one. And, uh, which is a great thing. And I, I took my son, my four year old, on his first duck hunt ever, uh, which is super cool. Um, I didn't take him on the youth hunt because I didn't want to have to watch him and my niece and, you know, deal with all that. I took him on, uh, we have a family hunt every year, which is on the second day of duck season. And that Sunday, my dad, my uncle, my papa, my best friend, Jeff, and uh, dad's best friend, David, goes. And then usually, like, uh, one other person. And then uh, this year, I got to bring Drake, my son. And dude ate up with it. Like, we shot, like, 15, 17 birds that day. And left at probably 1 o'clock out of the blind. Because it's a big cypress lake. And we've got, like, a 24-foot pontoon boat that we made into a duck blind. Oh, hell yeah. And That's awesome. It, it's awesome, man. Like... And so there's plenty of room, right? So it's no big deal to bring a bunch of several people and then let my son run around the blind because it's all cut. It's enclosed, you know, with tin and stuff like that. So we're doing all that. And man, we go to leave. We've been there all day. And he's been just like eating like junk food and water and whatever we got in there. And dude, at one o'clock, we go to leave and he's like upset. Like he immediately starts like tears uh, coming out of his eyes. He got bit by the bug. He's ready. Bro, he is. 
he's mad. And I'm like, bro, why are you mad? You know, like, are you like, I thought he was sleepy. The dude just looks at me and points at the strap, like the duck strap. And he's like, we still got holes on those straps. Like empty holes. <laughs> oh my God. That's a killer. Bro, making. Dude. And I've never said anything about that to him. Like, he was just crying. He was crying. And I just said, what's wrong? And he said, he pointed at it and he said that. And I went, Oh man. And I just I said, bud, you hunting with the wrong people. If that's what you're trying to figure out. And, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it was just like, it hit me in a way. Like, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting him to just say, I don't want to leave or I want to keep hunting. When he did that, I lost it. I went, Oh my God, we have a problem. That's awesome, dude. Did you, yeah. I mean, you give him a duck call. Not yet. He blow. I've got some that I let my that are my nieces, and I just let him use those. And he will have a duck call soon. I just haven't gotten him when I let him blow those because they're never hunting the same time together. Yeah. Um. And it's you know it's my first double read that my mom actually bought me as a gift, probably Christmas. Um. It was like an RNT Alpha two, and yeah. um and then a, a Ducklander loud hand cut loud timber, and uh they they're both easy to blow. And dude, they just, they quack at him and, uh, he loved it. And dude, like I expected that to be the only hunt he went on this year to be totally honest with you. And turns out like he went on three and it was because every time I was home, he's like, when are we going to the elevator house and going hunting? He calls the camp the elevator house. Um, we, cause it's my grandparents' camp. We built it like literally, like I showed up, there was I beams and two by sixes on the ground and we built it over a summer and for insurance reasons where we're at, it has to be eight foot off the ground. So we built this thing and then we put it on eight foot stilts, but it's, it's big pipe is what we put it on and uh, welded the I-beams to it, all that good stuff. So we've got, it's eight foot off the ground. And uh, last year, year before they installed an elevator, like a, uh, like a motor hoist basically, yeah. you know, with a guide and a yep. cage and all that stuff. So Drake calls it the elevator house and we, uh, we got to the house and I got home from either Texas or from work. Maybe it was, I had to go to Stuttgart and film and, and for an outfitter up there. Maybe it was that he's like, I want to go hunting. And dude, I couldn't tell him no. Like I just, I couldn't. And, uh, took him again. Same thing. Didn't fill all the holes up. He was mad again and, uh, loved it, man. But, he was, I had him a Yeti bucket that he stands on to see everything. Yeah. And when birds are working, I get down and work the bird, like on my knees in the blind. So I'm not like up in the window or, you know, able to be seen. And dude, he saw me do that. He saw me kneel down and he had his duck calls blowing them while I'm blowing mine. And when I knelt down, dude, I didn't tell him to get down. I didn't tell anybody to get down. He jumped off that bucket, got on one knee and kept blowing his duck call without missing a beat. No, oh, hell yeah, and, that's awesome, dude. Dude, all right, fired me up, and I was like, well, he's going anytime he can go. And, uh, yeah, so that and that could be, honest, like, unknowingly, that may be why this was the best duck season I ever had. Um, but I'm completely content with what happened this year and, and honestly wouldn't mind a repeat of it this year. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. I can't wait for that yeah. to happen, you know? I'm pumped, dude. I just – it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah do you have any uh any off-season plans then what do you got going on for the rest of the year bro i am um 
I'm leaving Friday morning um, to go north and try to shoot snow geese. Um, they pushed pretty hard out of uh, Louisiana and Arkansas and all that good stuff. So we're going to just run up and see what happens. We don't even know like the city that we're going to yet. Um, we just know that we've got locals in a certain area that we're just calling that we know and getting reports. And honestly, dude, like I'm going to pick the rental car up tomorrow morning and we're leaving Friday morning and I'm going to know the vicinity of where I'm headed tomorrow and we're just going to point the car in that direction. And if I get a call at like noon, hey, the birds shifted or they're here, then we're just going to point the car whichever way we're told to go and uh, and go from there. But um, that's that's the biggest plans I have. We're going to hunt. We're going to leave Friday morning as early as possible, try to get an evening scout in, and then um, hunt Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and come home. And then um, that's probably my last hoorah for waterfowl uh, for this season. And then from there, um, some maybe some turkey stuff. Uh, I'm not really a turkey hunter. I like the turkey hunt. Uh, I'm just not good at it, I'll be honest. Um, but, you know, if something comes up, if, if somebody needs me to photograph it, I'll be down for that. But that's pretty much it, man. Um, I'll do some fishing, hopefully photograph some offshore stuff. I've got a I've got a uh, email waiting waiting on an email back from someone now about some offshore stuff that would be cool to get into, but uh, but that's pretty much it, man. Um, and then you know August rolls around and uh, it starts getting serious about waterfowl season coming up because I've already got um, I'm already scheduled for a week in October in North Dakota already. Um, I just don't know the exact dates yet, but that's going to happen. And, then the rodeo starts dude it's non-stop after that yeah it's right back it's like when it ends it's prepping for the next season oh dude yeah i've i hunted i probably spent 90 days in the field this year um total you know like all the hunts or whatever and and i added it up and then I, I got to look in it myself like physically in the mirror and i was like man you look like hell like like january i i look like hell and there's nothing I can do about it. I was, I, there was not enough sleep in January or December or whatever. Just wore down, man. And uh, it, I, I realized, like, you, you've got a uh, – it, it's a marathon, dude. It's not a, it's not a sprint. And thankfully, I figured that out and was able to make it. But I've never been as tired as I was this year. Like, never ever ever and i've never hunted that much so like it's not an age thing at that point it's a it's it's a your body can only handle so much you know yep uh and i figured out what where that line was this year i think now you just got to push the limits a little bit further <laughs> oh yeah i just I, I pushed it so i could push it further this year right yeah right <laughs> well i don't know about that well man i got a question all right i do this all the time so this so my big thing with this behind the lens series is I think that a lot of people see photographers imagery, you know, and they kind of correlate that, but they never really get to sit down and hear what the photographer has to say or anything like that. Okay. So real quick, man, behind the lens or behind the gun. Man, I'll be really honest with you. I still like to kill stuff. Like it's different. So I like photographing 
man, that's a hard question. I'll be, it's really hard. Like I've never, I always assumed that I would graduate to like wanting to only hold the camera, but I haven't. Um, I'll tell you this when I'm duck hunting, it is behind the gun. 1000%. I'd rather be behind the gun when I'm goose hunting. I don't mind, you know, leaving my gun unloaded. Um, I just, maybe that's because I'm a duck hunter and not a goose hunter, but dude, it's split. And I I hope that's not a wrong answer. Um, there is no right answer. So, (laughs) okay. Well, I mean, I didn't didn't know if you were looking for like, no man, I I just like, I really, I Um, really got some good feedback. A lot of guys like the behind the lens, you know, and it's, um, it, to me, it's always like, I think of it like if I were out photographing, like I'm a trigger guy, I like to pull the trigger. I don't like to take pictures. You know what I mean? It's always interesting to get different people's opinions on that. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And I, it's different, man. Like at the end of the day, like I joke with people like clients and, and, uh, and the guys, like we talk about the clients, but, Oh, you're not shooting, you know? Well, yeah, but I'm shooting a different kind of gun, you know, like mine, mine shoots, you know, um, you know, 12 plus mine shoots 12 times a second. Like I can hold my trigger down for one second and I've got 12 shots going off. Plus I can take, you know, 2,500 photos and without reloading, you know, I can shoot 2,500 times without having to reload. So it's like, it's a joke. Like I can shoot as many as I want without having to worry about it. You're going to run out of bullets before I run out of space on my card. Yeah. You don't have a plug in that card, right? No, man, I'm conservation season every day with my camera. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it, it is, man. I, I'm a, if it's ducks, I want to shoot them, dude. And, but if it's geese, like, you know, I'm, I'm good with just the camera. And I honestly, like goose hunting is, there's way more, there's just way more action in a field when there's goose hunting going on, you know, like from, from the people in the field, the guides, the setups, even they're bigger, they're cooler. Um, and, and when you're, when you're goose hunting, man, like the pace, cause when the geese start rolling in, when they jump off that roost, dude, and, and you've got to shoot one group, hurry up and get back and before the next group makes it to you. Like there's an energy and atmosphere there that, that I will, I'll be honest, like duck hunting doesn't have, like, it's not the same, not, not where, not what I've experienced. I've experienced a lot of cool duck hunts and the, the pace and all that stuff, but like, the goose hunting when it's when it's right when when they're coming off the roost in groups every five ten minutes, you know, like man, it's it's a pace that that's really hard to to compare to anything else, and that's I think that's why I like photographing goose hunts as much as I do because, like, dude, like you can't recreate that with a with a duck hunt anywhere. Um, I did it is so yeah. Let's let me quit rambling and tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm thinking out loud. And I shouldn't be, but it's at the end of the day. If I'm duck hunting, I want to shoot them with my gun. If I'm goose hunting, I would I would prefer I would be okay shooting them with a camera more than a gun. What about crane hunting? I'm indifferent. They're cool to shoot because they die easy, um, but they're really cool to photograph because they're so I slow. Just threw that out as like a rhetorical question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I'm serious, though. Like, I dig it. I mean, we did it several times. Dude, I hunted, I want to say we hunted, like, five times and killed 100-plus cranes. Like, the five hunts that I went. Yeah, I mean, it was nuts, dude. And if you set up right, dude, and they come in and they're within 30 yards, 
like in Texas, I don't know about everybody else, but because I've only hunted them in Texas, but like you can literally shoot them with buckshot. Like it's legal. And people bring buckshot to crane hunt. But the catch is you can't shoot any other fowl or you can't shoot any other, any other bird. Right. So if you bring that, you can't like, we're not shooting any other bird. We're just shooting cranes. How does, and, that, how does that work then? I mean, if you bring bucks, is it just like, if you bring buckshot, you can only shoot cranes. But if I brought like number twos, I could shoot. I mean, yeah. Ducks. Geese, like, let's say, and let's, cranes? like, let's say me and you went hunting, right? With like, we went hunting out there. Yeah. If you, if you brought like steel shot or tungsten or bismuth, like we're shooting whatever flies over this blind period. But, I don't know, and I'll be honest with you, like, I don't know the law. I just know what we allow, and I think it's more of a watch-your-back kind of thing than anything. Because if you've got 14, or 14, four, you've got four people in the blind, and three of them's got steel, and one of them's got steel and buckshot, well, you don't want one guy shooting buckshot to have buckshot with him, and y'all are shooting every kind of foul, right? Yeah. Like, you're, it's just, man, it's, it's collateral damage at that point. Like you're trying to avoid that. And so I don't know if that's law that you can't do it. And I, I just know that we always play it safe in that respect. Like if you have this, we don't want you shooting that, you know, it, it's just a safety thing. And we don't, I don't know, man, we just try to play it safe. Like outfitters are, it's hard. It, if you don't play by the rules of outfitting and you, and you, you do a decent job at outfitting, you have a target on your back. Like if you, if you're good at what you do and you have, you know, your calls that you have a, a, an audience, a large audience or, or your whatever, like you better, you better just make sure you, you cross your T's and dot your I's because somebody's watching you. And, and that's just fact of the matter. Somebody's watching you. So we just try to keep our noses clean and, and do everything the way we're supposed to do it. Yeah, I mean, best way to go about it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. So any kind of gray area, we stay away from. Yeah. We, we keep it black and white. If you got to ask a question, we stay, we err on the side of caution. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, rather be safe than sorry, so. Oh, yeah. So anyways, man, um, we're about an hour, about an hour and 10 minutes in. So uh, Rolling. Yeah, dude. I mean, jam-packed full of <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah, a couple little rabbit holes, but I mean, what's what's the fun in not going down some rabbit holes, right? Oh man, if I can, I'll tell you this: if I can't go down a rabbit hole with you, the conversation probably wasn't good. Yeah, just hear a click <laughs> and then a tone, right? Like, yeah, it's just like, ah, well, that was fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> All right, man. Um, what advice would you give like aspiring photographers? Whether it be a gear recommendations or just editing, you know, what what would you tell them? Uh, it, as simple as I can put it, use gear that you're comfortable with and that you can afford. Um, do the best with what you have, but above all, like, do do you. Don't glean from everybody you can, but do not copy anybody. Like, you're not going to get a piece of a pie that somebody has by trying to be who they are because – they're the best version of them, right? Like the only way you can be the best at what you do is by being the, the best of who you are. And 
just man, be be authentic. That's yeah. that's the best advice I can give anybody in, in my world. Like, be authentic, network your tail off, and and stay hungry. And you know, hey, like, be humble but be confident. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything except the buy what you can afford because I'm always a max it out, buy once, cry once kind of guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I am too now. I mean, because I do it for, for a living. Like, I'm looking at the the new Nikon Z9 right now, and it'll it'll be out later this year, and I'm like, ooh. What's that I thing, need right that. I, they haven't released a price, but we're looking like six $7,000 for the body. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? Ooh. So... Yeah, but man, I've been waiting on this since I bought my Z6 two years ago, and like, I'm about to, I'm going to buy a Z7 next week. Um, I had some water damage to my old D500, and insurance claim or whatever happened, and um, when that comes in, I'm going to buy the Z, a used Z7. Define and, water uh, insurance. Uh, so the insurance company I have, it's not water insurance. I mean, define a, um, water problems it's dead like water drowned just my god from usage yeah i mean like man i you use stuff like that so much the weather ceiling's incredible on these cameras but if you use them the way we use them eventually something it's gonna, gonna give good. out yeah yeah and um whether it was like you know i don't know they're, they're incredible cameras but man it's just rough but um but that's what it is like it just it's done and uh, the Z7 is a great, I love the Z7. I'm going to use it. And then, um, when the Z9 actually releases, I'm going to, I'm going to weigh the options, but I'm going to sell my Z7 or my Z6 and, uh, put that towards the, um, the Z9. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, that I'm excited, like but six, seven grand for a camera is like, Oh my God. If I did that, my wife yeah. would just laugh and be like, huh. yeah, no way, man. Here's a, yeah. well, that's, that's a, that's the bot like that's their flagship so that's why it's so extensive but like man like now and, and i say i say use buy what you can afford because if you're not getting paid to do it or or like if you were just trying to figure out if you love it like you know hey bro if you got the funds then you can afford what you can afford the z9 you know like you can afford those those professional level cameras but like if you're like me that started out like not they're not well off, you know, like you got to spend $400 on a body and a lens like I did. And back then I thought I was doing some really cool stuff. So like use what you got and, and Hey man, don't, don't, don't not pay your bills because you bought a camera to be cool. Yeah. You know? And I'm going to actually retract my statement because nobody wants to go out and buy six, seven grand camera for the first camera. Fuji Films no, makes I, really good disposables, you know, right, phenomenal. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, and don't be scared to buy used from like B&H or something like that or Adorama or whatever, because man, like I bought used a lot. The next camera I buy is going to be used and they're cheaper. And a lot of times, man, you can get them where they're like literally barely used, hmm. like barely. Like I've bought one before and it literally said display model. And another one was like open box, you know, like I don't even know if it had, I don't even know what the shutter, the shutter count was under a hundred, but because I bought it used, 
which like you're talking five hundred dollars off a, a, a retail price, you know? Yep. So like, why wouldn't I? I think about that all the time, man. Like buying display, you know? Like, dude, kind of dude, I'm telling about you, it. it's if you buy it from like B and H or Adorama or something like that, or even like a refurb from from the the, the the manufacturer, and you still have a warranty on it, dude. Like, don't be scared. But. I don't know. I just, I know what it's like to want the cool new stuff and literally not be able to afford it. And I know how bad I wanted the stuff I couldn't afford. And I didn't get it, thankfully, probably because my wife was like, wait, don't be an idiot. And, you know, she's smarter than I am. So I listened to her and uh, didn't get it. And looking back, dude, like, I didn't need it. You know, I did cool stuff with what I had, or at least I thought. Yeah, I would say instead of going out and buying a $6,000 camera, you know, everybody should go out and buy a second or third pair of waiters. <laughs> yeah, touche, touche. Yeah. yeah, man. No, I get you. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can go out there, a combo for under $1,500 that, that that will do you just fine. Like $1,000 that will do you just fine. You just got to gotta use what you got, man. I. That's the best way to look at it. Don't worry about what don't worry about everybody's got. Don't worry about what everybody's doing. Just do, do your what own you got thing. and and do what you can do. You know, that's it. All right, dude. Where uh, where can people get a hold of you if they're trying to work <clears throat> work with you for uh, let's say recycle rhetoric? You know, try and promote their own stuff. Oh man, um, honestly, to go to my website. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. Uh, WadeShoemaker.com. And there's a contact page there. You can you can go there, fill that out, um, or just email me, you know, wade at wadeshoemaker.com. It's pretty easy. And uh, give me a shout. Um, you know, nothing weird. And if it's funny, I'll probably just be weird back. But um, do that. And anything, you know, I'd love to, any, you know, anything you need, any help you need, any direction I can help with, I'm in. And uh, if you just want to kind of see what I'm about, like, you can go to my Instagram page and that's at Wade Shoemaker. And honestly, like the things I write on there, that's, that's me. Like what you see is what you get. And, uh, I'm, I'm really no different. I'm no different and no better in person. I promise. Yeah. I mean, we've never talked before and we just had like an hour two hour conversation. So <laughs> dude, dude, I'm in, like, I'm, I, I, I love it. And that's the thing. Like, I just, I hope that I'm never, I hope that, when I meet people and talk to people like that for the first time that like, they're never surprised that I'm not as like that. I'm that I'm not cool. Like, cause I'm not, you know, like I hope they, I hope they know when they talk to me, they're getting what they, what they see, you know, from afar. I always want to be that way. Oh yeah, dude. Being genuine's the only way to go about it. So dude, it's what I want to be for the rest of my life. Yes, sir. Well, all right, dude. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for spending the time. And uh, yeah, dude, Jeff. Thanks for like thinking. I know we've been trying to figure this out since like what December, January, something like that, man. We've been, but yeah. I mean, I, I always kept saying this. My buddies kept asking me. They're like, "When are you going to get more guys on?" And I go, "You know how hard it is to get guys who hunt ducks on a podcast when it's duck season, dude. Is dude the amount of time I didn't have during that during season." was was rough um i don't know like, like us fit like us making this work today is just like that's a big deal like a big compliment to you because 
we, me and you've been back and forth in conversation. We just didn't work out, you know, and you just stayed with it. And I'm glad it happened because, man, I enjoyed the conversation. I just, this is the first day it's worked. Hell yeah, man. And I'm, I mean, I'm just like it. I am in the text messages or messages on Instagram, you know, like, oh, no worries, dude. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, bro, dude. Do you? I'm like, hey, man, I'm trying. And, you know, even even tonight, like, we had to push it back almost an hour just with everything going on. It's like, man, I'm glad that you were okay with that because I just, my, my day-to-day is so wild, especially on Wednesdays. But it works, you know? Like, we make it work. And, and I'm thankful for that, just, like, for you being the way you are. And, um, man, it just, I don't know, I dig it. And I appreciate you being super patient and letting this happen. Yeah, man, I'm just chilling, hanging out. It was kind of funny at the <laughs> beginning of uh, when we first, like today, when we first started texting each other was, um, you're like, let's do it at like 420. And then I kind of sat there and I thought to myself and I was like, shit, man, he's in Louisiana. What time is it over there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't even think about that. And then I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's different. I was like, oh, yeah, so it, a couple hours behind. Yeah, it, it's like seven where you're at, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting over here at 9 p.m. going, huh. I got two boys and my wife's at home and I think they're probably about asleep right now, which is a good thing. And, uh, after I drop my son off tomorrow, me and my wife take my son to school every morning. He, his, his school's like six minutes up the road from our house, thankfully. And as soon as we drop him off, I'm going to pick up a rental car for that snow goose trip. So like my brain is like this nine o'clock thing is good because now I can go home while they're asleep and get all my lists together about everything I've got to pack inside this little RAV4 that we're renting. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to shove like 70 dozen snow socks and guns and shells and bags and a cooler in this RAV4. And I don't know how we're going to fit it, but we're going to figure it out. Sounds like whoever's riding shotgun is going to have a couple hundred decoys on their lap. Yeah, he's definitely going to have something like a case (laughs) of shells or something. But it's it's going to be interesting, man. We we took an Acadia to South Dakota last year, and we put everything in there, dude. Like all the decoys, all the guns. We, we the looks we got with two Righam Wright lowrider blinds strapped to the roof of that GMC Acadia was was incredible. Because <laughs> dude, we had them strapped down, flapping in the wind, and people we passed by, and it, the rental company gave us a Denali like a loaded out GMC Denali Acadia. And I was like, Oh man, they have no idea what they just did. And, uh, Hey man, I mean, it worked, but it was hilarious riding around in like air, like air cooled and heated seats, heated steering wheel and a lay- layout blind strapped to the roof. It was hilarious. dude. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. It was so funny, but Hey, you know, is what it is. They get 30 miles, 25 to 30 miles to the gallon. And my truck gets half of that. So I mean, gotta do what you gotta do, right? Oh, there's no, there's no question that we have to. Well, all right, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, best of luck this weekend. Or I mean, how long are you going for? Uh, we'll be, we're going to hunt Tuesday morning and then just try to drive straight back home after the hunt. Okay. So just going up for, I mean, go scout for a couple days, go hopefully shoot them up and come on home, huh? Yeah, my buddy's going to be there Thursday. He's actually getting all the stuff together tomorrow and driving up and hopefully getting us evening scout in. And, and uh, he's going to scout Friday morning while we're on our way. And then we hopefully get there early enough to scout Friday evening. And then we're going to try to hunt Saturday morning, scout Saturday evening. You know, basically hunt the, the mornings and scout the evenings from there on. 
Yeah. And um, the good thing is we've got people we know all the way up this little part of the flyway. So, like, people that don't hunt but are, you know, in fields or around fields, like, they can tell us if they're seeing them, if they're not. And we can, I don't know, man, it just helps to, to know people. And uh, we'll have a little bit of a heads up, but we're going to be hustling the whole time, especially when you're talking about snows. It's 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 always fun, but it's it's never easy, you know. They're one day and gone the next. Oh, dude, they're just, they're jerks, man. For I mean, they really are. They're jerks. Yep. Well, all right, man. Like I said, I really appreciate you coming on. Hope everything works out for you guys this upcoming hunt. I think you guys will probably yeah, crush dude. them for sure. Ah, we'll see. I've, I've done way more for way less, so I'm good either way. High hopes, low expectations, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it, dude. So, all right, dude, I'll be talking to you. Um, have a good night, man. Hey, Jeff, thank you, bud. Yeah, thank you, Wade. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. All right, bye. Well, what'd you guys think? That was Wade Shoemaker. Man, he's got an eye. He's one hell of a photographer. If you guys haven't already, go ahead, check him out on Instagram, at Wade Shoemaker. Man, probably one of my most favorite photographers when it comes to waterfowl in the outdoor industry. So, hope you all enjoyed that one. We got a lot more coming down the pipe. Later. Later.